On this episode, we meet Avery Bellata, a composer for film, dance, a music teacher, and one hot fiddle player. Avery's trail starts in Montana's Big Sky Country, where at the age of nine, while attending a used music instrument swap, he finds himself drawn to a half-size fiddle, and something inside him makes him put his hands on it. Classically trained, he found solace in playing in school orchestra and quartet. Avery describes his relationship with the fiddle as a roller coaster of such, much like any other type of relationship, but admits he and the fiddle have ended up in a really good place. Avery shares his experience in Boston, where he studies at Berkeley College under the tutelage of Bruce Molsky and hones his love for American fiddle tunes. Avery currently calls Brooklyn home, where he pursues individual projects and is in the bands Alice Valentine and Damn Tall Buildings. So I want to ask you, first of all, I want to make sure I pronounce your name correctly. Bolotta? Sure. That's right. All right. Yeah. A, a good Italian boy? Oh, yeah, I try. <laughs> <laughs> your, your mother might be a better judge of that, huh? Uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, I feel like it's become a collaborative effort. We're both keeping an eye on, on me. <laughs> and is your, uh, your, your mother and other families still live in Montana? Right. So my mom lives uh, in Bozeman, where I grew up. Okay. And then my dad uh, moved back to uh, California. He, uh, he was born in Jersey, in Hoboken. Okay. And then uh, moved out to like Orange County out there growing right. up. Um, so I went back to the ocean. So okay. yeah. 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 And you're, uh, you're living in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what part of Brooklyn? Uh, I'm in uh, Bed-Stuy. Okay. So yeah, really nice. Uh, one of my daughters, she and her husband lived in Greenpoint for a number of years. Nice. And, yeah. Nice uh, area. So just heard a, a horn honk. Oh yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm sure there'll be some of that. We'll sure. see how many times we have to pause for a siren or something. You don't have, you don't have to run out and move your car or anything. Thankfully, no. Yeah. Okay. I'm all good. <laughs> Are you finding that life is starting to get a little bit back to normal you feeling like maybe brooklyn and new york's kind of coming out of hibernation absolutely good uh, yeah it yeah it is good it really is refreshing you know and it's it's funny to be on the like performing side of it you know to see because uh, so many interactions, you know, like you and I, uh, even like meeting at shows, like we, I meet so many people at shows and I love meeting people at shows. And, sure. uh, so seeing that connection kind of become more generally acceptable again is really nice, but everything like vibe wise is starting to kind of be a little bit more connective, which I really appreciate. Good. And yeah. you're, you're able to play live music more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been real good to get back. Uh, this last weekend we played uh, in Manhattan and then a nice house show in Jersey. Both were amazing. And they're kind of our kickoffs to uh, the rest of the year, which is the next, next few months are, are starting to pick back up again, which is so nice. That's awesome. So, so nice. Yeah. So what was it like growing up in Montana? Amazing. <laughs> I really, you know, I bet. there's no, there's no place like Montana. It's a, uh, 
you know, they call it the big sky state and that is no joke. It really uh, is hard to explain unless you see it. So uh, you just feel kind of like you're on the surface of the planet a little bit, you know, you're wow. more, more connected with the earth itself uh, because you realize that you're standing on it, <laughs> I think, <laughs> which uh, yeah. at least in my experience. So that was really great. And, um, and there's a lot of old jazz musicians and stuff that uh, were living in Bozeman when I was growing up. So I got like great exposure to a lot of like really high quality jazz and stuff like that and classical music, especially from just uh, amazing like professionals who kind of just settled, settled down in the area uh, before oh. the boom, <laughs> you okay, know? Sure. Sure. So, yeah. It was good. Uh, did you, did you grow up in a musical family? Yeah. Yeah. Not like family band or anything like that, but definitely um, my mom is, is a singer. She sings all the time. She, she was in choirs and stuff growing up. And then she would used to tell me stories about, uh, playing the violin in like elementary school orchestra when she was growing up and I think that's what put the bug in my ear uh, about about picking up the fiddle okay um, so around nine I have a younger brother who's five years younger than me too when I was nine I just turned nine and he was still three we went to uh, the used instrument swap uh, in my ho hometown at, at the at then only high school I like went over to a half size fiddle and something in me just had my like put me, my hand on it and I just wow. like didn't I didn't move <laughs> and then I just yeah so it was Meant like an interesting it was yeah a really interesting connection and then that connection has just uh gone through the roller coaster of every relationship goes through and we've ended up in a really really great place the fiddle and I <laughs> yeah. yeah were you uh classically trained uh yes yeah so my very first teacher grew up playing fiddle contests, but was at the time teaching middle school and elementary school orchestra. So, and very much like based on the Suzuki method and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of the more classical training and, and exercises and uh, more attitudinal kind of stuff uh, versus just tunes. But then she would also teach me fiddle tunes, uh, mostly by reading which was interesting. So she was using it as like a reading tool, which as a teacher now is funny to look back on and like be like, wow, I'm really glad. Glad ultimately that that was my introduction to it. Um, because over time, I've learned to be able to trust my ear a lot more and learn learn the way it's it's meant to be passed down. But I think if I didn't have introduction to it at the very, very beginning, uh, I wouldn't be in love with it like I am now. Okay. So. Yeah. So did you did you play in school orchestra? Yep, yep. So I was homeschooled. Uh, so my normal school was uh, during the first part of the day on my you know on my kitchen table, <laughs> and then uh, I would go when I was old enough. I'd start going to part time in the sixth grade orchestra. It was like okay. my first time I was in there. I was giddy. I started just loving it and uh, making a lot of friends, and it's amazing playing. Like you know, I really like introducing music programs into um, that age group, just got into the double digits, you know, maybe a year or two into the double digits, right. like not quite a teenager. Like that's an awesome time uh, to start really kind of exploring how else to express yourself. Sure. <laughs> so I think that that, that was, yeah, really amazing. And that it's probably a large part of why I, uh, jumped in with both feet. So I, I played from sixth grade through 
my high school uh, stuff and was playing in all the main orchestras and then the got into like the other, you know, meet at 530 in the morning orchestras uh, and then started a, a string quartet uh, with um, some of my really close friends back in the day. And we started playing like weddings and started gigging. So like I started like gigging on the violin um, when I was like 13, 14. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm really happy that I had the support I did. <laughs> sure. It was all definitely a team effort. Taught me a lot about collaboration, even back then. And did you continue that when you uh, went to the university, Montana State? I did, yeah. So I went there. What really excited me about going there is that they had just started um, a music technology program. This is 2009, I believe. Um, so um, they were in the third or fourth year of the program, teaching uh, all the DAWs, different digital audio workstations, and different like like that. They were still teaching like analog gear um, about like how everything was actually working, and then emulated in the programs and stuff like that. This is like early-ish MIDI uh, implementation in a DAW, that kind of stuff. So. So a lot of like that uh, introduction to that was really intriguing to me because um, around the same time I was playing a lot of quartet stuff, uh, I discovered I really love writing music and okay. co composing uh, in particular. And um, I was really interested from kind of then on to uh, write for film. I'm a really audiovisual learner, stuff that hit has both really moves me. So I have always felt a connection to, to that. So that's why I went to Montana State to hang out and see what the music tech program was all about. And, and then I auditioned and, and got in um, on a scholarship, which was great, and was able to play uh, in the symphony, the, the, the college symphony there, and um, in ensembles and whatnot. I, I really, I love ensemble playing so much. There, there's so much great music out there. <laughs> sure. So, sure. yeah, yeah. So into, into that, that's, I definitely continued that. And there was a point actually uh, before I ended up moving on from Montana State that I put the fiddle down for a year. Um, I was really uh, in kind of like a, a crossroads in my mind, in my life, in a lot of different ways and um, had connected deeply with, uh, I was studying with Angela Ahn at the time, who is an incredible violinist um, and really I would not play the way I do now without her. Uh, incredible, incredible stuff. We, we <laughs> definitely, we're learning how to work together in real time. Okay. Because I have a very, I don't have like a, a, a relationship to practice that I, I put a schedule on it. <laughs> and uh, that became problematic for weekly lessons. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No one was shocked, but, <laughs> but it was really amazing. And, um, and I ended up being able to study composition for a year with great, a mentor of mine by the name of Eric Funk, who is a really great um, contemporary composer and was passing down, you know, his mentor input. Uh, he was, he studied with Svoboda and Pendereski and uh, among others and um, John Cage contemporary. So a lot of that, like very uh, crossing into new music kind yeah. of idea gotcha. um, and like using notation as an expressive tool, not just a way to communicate what you want played, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, and stuff like that. So that was really cool. So I really felt like 
that kind of helped slingshot me into what was next. Purposely uh, digress a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because digressing can be fun. I got to ask you about being a competitive gymnast. Yeah, heck so yeah. Somehow or another, you had time to do that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Somehow or another, indeed. <laughs> yeah, my mom is definitely racking up the the blessings for driving me around everywhere. And uh, <laughs> yeah, both both my brother and I were competitive gymnasts, so we were on different you know levels and teams and stuff, and doing all these meets. Um, like high great high, high school. Yeah, from really actually a really young age. So okay. we were in in the gym. I think I was like two when I started and he was an infant. Um, so oh my gosh. Yeah, really. They had some cool little like parent, parent, toddler kind of stuff. Uh, and then from there, uh, you know, and I was super uncoordinated. Like there's a really great story where uh, it's like the first like fun day. Uh, I'm probably like four or five running around. And I am so excited to see my mom, like with all the parents that I like wave, but I don't stop running. And I like close my clothesline myself. One <laughs> 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 of like the practice bars. I was fine. It oh, wasn't wow. It was all good. But it was like, the, I went from that to kind of just like falling in love with it and really like learning. It's a great teacher uh, in relationship to gravity. It really teaches oh, you absolutely. where your center is. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So what, what was your uh, what was your event? Uh, my favorite kind of jumped around over the years, but uh, pommel horse became one of my favorite favorites okay. by the end for sure. Same with high bar. I started loosening up a little bit and like being able to throw giants in a way that was meditative instead of terrifying. Yeah. And uh, um, a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, I I grew up when I was younger and my joints were happier. The floor was my favorite. And yeah, it's good. I, again, I had a kind of different relationship with all six, but I really had a lot of fun. It was a huge part of my life. I still am able to, like my relationship with movement is definitely based on that. I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because what I was going to say is having had the, uh, the pleasure to watch you perform, mm -hmm. it's, it's more than just hearing you, but it's watching you. And it's hard for me to explain to somebody other than sometimes I have to wonder, could you actually play standing still? Mm. I mean, you incorporate, it's almost like a dance like movements at times. Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly I can see the, the, the gymnast background and the sense of balance and, and mm -hmm. love of movement. It all kind of comes together. Thanks for saying that. That's really cool. Uh, cause I definitely, <laughs> I, I feel like I can't help it. So it's really interesting <laughs> that you ask <laughs> whether or not I can play standing still. Cause I, I don't know really. <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> you can't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but yeah, that balance, uh, has really come in handy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you, um, you find yourself leaving the, the great state of Montana and mm -hmm. Did you then go directly to Boston? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I went out to uh, audition for Berkeley and uh, ended up getting in, which was fantastic. And um, I like uh, I like the kind of Berkeley audition vibe. It was really interesting, you know, coming from again a year off the fiddle. This is right right after I took a year off, uh, and then I was going to this other this music school to audition on my instrument. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like oh okay, well we better bring these chops back 
I was so prepared to play one of the movements of one of the partitas, one of the Bach partitas, uh, unaccompanied Bach, you know, beautiful stuff, really great if you're relaxed and are not forcing the double stops out because a lot of the harmony is implied and it's like awesome. Uh, but again, tricky if you're tense. <laughs> so okay. I ended up, uh, making a last minute decision they like opened the door and as i was walking in the door i decided i'm not doing bach and i ended up playing uh, a Chopin farewell by uh jay unger just which is one of my favorite fiddle tunes a really old uh like one of my one of the first fiddle tunes that i learned um, okay so it was like in my bones sure from, from day one and uh i really am i'm grateful for that inspiration to do that because i think that that's what uh was able to express you know who i am as a musician a little bit more right and uh start that process in my own mind of believing it so yeah so then yeah so 2012 i moved out to boston okay yeah did you find that a very uh competitive environment at the school you know sort of the music industry and gymnastics are actually really similar in the sense that like you're often on the same team you're definitely not competing against each other, but you, there's also only one winner. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like you absolutely are competing against each other, but it's not a yeah. competition. But it, sure. yeah, so it's that kind of vibe. There's definitely, I, I was fortunate too, because like the string department is amazing over there. Like when I arrived, the chair asked me what I wanted to focus on. And, you know, I came from pretty intensive classical focus in the last few years so i was like i just want to play some fiddle music like i you know like i, I think i want to learn tunes like let's figure this out and it just so happened to be the time that bruce molsky started uh playing like teaching as an adjunct professor and so i went to you know sitting three feet across from just this amazing fiddler uh teaching me old time just being like hey what's the vibe today and then having a tune come to, to mind and then teaching it to me and like that that pacing started to really foster actual clicking in my head everything so it's so it, cool it sounds like it that type of music just uh maybe spoke to you a little bit more or at least where you were at at that time perhaps definitely yeah i think it, it always has and always had up until that point definitely like a lot of like uh, like Copeland's a great example. Like anytime I would play uh, Rodeo, uh, the Bonaparte's Retreat quote that Copeland threw in there, I, I would get ecstatic, you know, I'd be having so much fun. I was like, finally, we could have some fun. And I think that that stuff has always spoken to me and kind of gotten me right, right in the, the heart, right in the solar plexus. So. And it also, that style lends itself more to improvisation, I would think, than classical music very much yep yeah absolutely um which i definitely learned a lot of at berkeley i think that was probably the thing that and a lot of that is trust a lot of that again is like trust learning how to trust quickly the good the good parts of your ear <laughs> and discern discernment and trust is huge parts of uh, improvisation i think and all of life is improvisation uh that's something that eric told me when I, before I left Boston, he was just like, never forget that all of life is improvisation. And that helped nice. a lot. Yeah. So when did you actually start playing in what I would call non-traditional type groups, bands? Mm -hmm. 
how did it all mm. happen? Yeah. Um, so for my band, Damn Tall Buildings, we started playing busking on the street, on Newbury Street in Boston. We were playing a lot of different stuff. We were playing any fiddle tune that I knew, which was like probably five or six <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and like really new. And, uh, and then a bunch of like covers of the band and like uh, Towns Van Zant and like just a lot of like, kind of a smattering of just a bunch of good songwriters. And I loved uh, that was that was when uh, it was started with Max Capistran, who's still the guitar player. And then uh, we were playing with our buddy Dylan McCarthy, who's a mandolin player. He's great. He's down in Colorado now. And so it's kind of started as us and then some other friends or whatever. So now it, it has evolved beautifully into uh, what is now a trio. It started as a quartet and it's now a trio. And we're, yeah, we just finished up recording a, a new record. So all of that is nicely moving amazingly forward. And yeah, and all started with us, you know, barefoot on the street and really um a lot of it a lot of our our love for it has come from being able to look people in the eye while we're playing <laughs> for lack of a better term you know sure, we just love sure. love that everybody's in the room together yeah so do you do any busking still uh some yeah definitely sometimes together uh i love to go out if it's like a really nice day and i have nothing to do like honestly it's one of the best things ever you're playing outside very low stakes <laughs> you know yeah like yeah bring your water bottle and take a break if you want you know <laughs> like it's me, super fun. me to make a new a couple of new friends along the way exactly yeah oh yeah conversations are a plenty it's you're a uh, you're a, a, a multi-instrumentalist uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, tell us about some of your musical instrument passions okay sure well, I have fallen for the banjo, for sure. I love the banjo. I've always loved the sound of it, and I've always wanted to play it. But in the last few years, I've really, uh, we've been able to find a, a nice agreement together, like similar with the fiddle. I've learned how to, uh, how to frail, do some claw hammer uh, type banjo stuff, um, which I love because uh, that all comes back to the gravity. There's a lot of gravity involved, and like kind of microgravity and how you're able to get single note stuff out of it and I find it fascinating and really fun so I get like in these trances when I am practicing so I find that to be like very conducive to how I learn I like kind of process everything in real time and then like digest and then I come back to it and it's like a whole new thing so um yeah so the banjo for sure I love to play the bass I love playing electric bass it's super fun um my like personal taste is definitely all over the place, but I listen to a lot of punk <laughs> and I love uh, some hard driving stuff, like really good drums, really good rhythm section, you know, in a, in a punk band really uh, gets me going. So okay. uh, I love that. And in similar fashion, I've started playing the electric guitar in kind of a, uh, you know, I don't know chords. I don't know how to play the guitar traditionally, you know, as far as comparing it to like my fiddle, like I okay. know how to play the fiddle. You can finger... I, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I know I, I basically I'm relying only on my ear and my feel on the guitar, which has been really fun. And I'm kind of just kind of riding that out. There will be a time when I know what I'm doing, but, <laughs> yeah. but it's fun to be riding it out. Uh, well, while I can, because a lot of writing things are happening on the guitar. Sure. A lot of songs are coming through on the guitar and the banjo, which is really nice. So, yeah. And then I like to like make sound, you know, I definitely have used 
started to use, implement a lot of those early music technology uh, influences into my compositional technique, which is really fun. Okay. I like to, to do a lot of like recording and, and messing around and whatnot. How have you found Brooklyn as a, as a community that supports people like yourself? Um, really, really beautiful. Uh, Brooklyn is, is an incredible place. Like it really, you can feel a level of actual care in people that you've never even met more quickly than I have found in other places in the country. So that's, we'll start with that is a really great baseline for, you know, it really depends on (laughs) what's going on in people's lives. Like support wise, incredible coming out to shows. It's so much fun. We, We have such a good time. Um, we ended up selling out our New York show this last time. So, you know, it's like, it's really been beautiful. And we were able to, when we first got here, uh, to do some residencies. So that was really a big, 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 big open door to kind of like us being like, we're here. And then everybody else being like, we love you. Like, great. I'm so glad you're here. Let's hang out. We're really, really fortunate that that was how it went down. Um, Cause it's just been better and better ever since. That's so. awesome. Yeah, Tell me about you. your, your your teaching. I know you you do teaching. I'm assuming that you teach violin, fiddle, maybe some other type of music mm-hmm. classes. Yeah, so I have taught fiddle the longest. Yeah, violin and fiddle, like, feel super great. I love talking about it. I love teaching because I always learn something <laughs> uh, every time. And yeah, so the fiddle violin thing is really kind of whatever folks are looking for. There's so many folks who are picking it up later in life that are like, you know, I've always wanted to play this instrument, or I've always wanted to play this particular solo in this particular song, you know, like that kind of thing where it's like, all right, there's a wonderful gamut of desire. And I'm here to just like, be there with, you know, be be a support in a lot of ways. And then younger students, you know, it's like really starting to get in there. Uh, a lot of it comes down to kind of relationship to what they like, you know, I feel like that's true for anyone who's learning anything. So yeah, so basically, I, I really am learning, I'm constantly learning a lot with teaching. And, uh, and then I also uh, do some like production coaching as well. So, okay. Yeah, you, you also you, you know, we know that you play with uh, damn tall buildings, if I'm not mistaken, there's some other groups that you play with or other projects that you have going on simultaneous. Can you share some things on that? For sure. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, have a few, a few, I'll say three other ones. One okay. is, uh, just me. That's just, I started, I put out this, uh, little thing called, called meditations volume one. I think I'm going to do just a couple tracks. You're the first person I've told this. <laughs> I'm just going to do a couple tracks each time and just do volumes and see how far they go. But that's really what the banjo has become to me. They're banjo tracks, instrumental banjo tracks. Uh, it's this kind of method of meditation. So I, I have started to be feeling comfortable sharing that under my own name. So that's one, which is really Good. fun and just yeah. chill and so nice. And then um, over like... 2020 era you know all of everything up in the air and the pandemic and all that all my roommates and I who are all we were all been gigging musicians and recording musicians and all that we're just pals living together uh, ended up you know being stuck together (laughs) and being fortunate enough to be able to set up a recording studio in our basement oh wow yeah really amazing full drum kit everything really really very grateful for that 
that helped me get through it for sure. It helped all of us get through it. But uh, we started a band called Alice Valentine. And that's like kind of, it's, it's funny, funny to explain, but it's like a psychedelic rock mosaic. <laughs> all right. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. There's so many different influences. Um, there are four of us in the band and uh, five of us on the, on the recording and the whole process. And uh, it was really beautiful to write these songs in real time. I felt like they just came to us. So it was really amazing. That was like a, a wild time. Definitely feels like a vortex. It's hard to explain such things, but, um, but awesome. our EP comes out on Friday. So April 1st. Wow. Yeah. So all right. exciting. Yeah. I encourage our listeners to check that out. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And uh, um, so speaking of which, uh, yep. where can people find you and, and learn more about you? Absolutely. So I, um, I have a website, personal website, of course. That's if you want to hit me up, I'm around, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm on Instagram. I believe my handle is a Balotta, so a b a l l o t t a. I'm Avery Balotta on Twitter. I have a Patreon also, so if you want to look up my name, you can check me out on Patreon. Uh, I've started drawing a lot, like cartooning, and um, I'm working on a comic book. Oh, wow! Uh, this is like a longer term plan, so no no details necessarily as of uh, shareable details yet, but definitely. Uh, a lot of the stuff I'm working on developing it uh, is kind of going up there along with like songs and, and any random stuff that I'm working on at any given time. It's become a nice vault. So that's awesome. Yeah. Come say, Hey, <laughs> yeah. a, lot, a lot's going on there in that between those two ears. Oh boy. <laughs> Don't I know it. <laughs> well, um, Avery, our, uh, our time's uh, drawn to an end at the at the end of each episode i um i like to um share a uh, a song that's been selected uh by by my guest typically it's a it's a song that the the guest has ownership of mm -hmm. and so what would you like to share with our listeners that will mm -hmm. be uh playing for them at the at the end here you know i i'll go with uh one of those banjo tunes off of the meditations volume uh and that'll be i think it's called chicken miss the dinner bell chicken miss the dinner bell that's right if nothing else you gotta love that name oh thank you yeah it was inspired it's a true story it's <laughs> 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 just running around i had no idea <laughs> uh that's great well we'll we're gonna end our uh, episode today with that awesome. and i want to thank you uh for your time been thank a, been you, a mark Great guest. Uh, learned a lot about you. Fan of you and and in uh, the band. And hopefully um, our paths will will cross in the near future. I hope so too. I look forward to it.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Music Trails. Special thanks to our guest, Avery Bolada. Subscribe today and tell a friend.